morning, let us, let us begin a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Sivan. Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month. In this Chus for their niece, Chavat Sipora Baschai Malka, Shmuli and Libudinovitz for dedicating the Shurim and Drashos this month. In this Chus of Aliyah for the Nisham of Shmuli's father, Harav Peretz Avram, Benarav Benyamin, Moshe Zichrona Livracha. Our week of learning sponsors, Iron Miriam Grossman, in honor of their 50th wedding anniversary, and Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, and Adam and Leslie Rosen, in this Chus for for Esther Bas Sara. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatoro, all of those who require Erefua Shavon together, Kol Chole Yisrael, all of the Neshama Shavon Aliyah, and the families in Nechama. But with that, let us begin. We have a really exceptional, beautiful, magnificent daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Kuf Dalid 104. We are picking up at the Mishnah on Kuf Dalid Amud Aleph. Says the Mishnah, Chol Tzavadayla. So remember again, we're now in the 12th parak of Meseches Yivamis, the parak of Mitzvah Chalitza. And it is here that we are getting into the mechanics, the mechanistic details of chalitza. So says the Mishnah, chalitza sekshera. If you do chalitza at night, the chalitza is kosher. Rabbi Lazar posel. Rabbi Lazar, however, says that the chalitza is going to be posel. Similarly, small. If you do chalitza with the left foot, chalitza sapsula. Ultimately, the chalitza is posel. Rabbi Lazar machshir. Rabbi Lazar says that it's kosher. So again, two machloks in between the Tanakama and Rabbi Lazar. First, in Chalitza at night, Tanakama is saying it's kosher, Rabbi Lazar is saying it's pasal. Chalitza on the left foot, Tanakama is saying pasal, Rabbi Lazar is saying kosher. Says, says the Gemara, to analyze the Machlokis. We'll say quite fascinating. So let's focus first on the Machlokis concerning the timing of Chalitza. So now again, we've got, for in terms of Chalitza Balayma, we have the Tanakama saying it is kosher, Rabbi Lazar is saying that it's pasal. What's at the core of this machlokas? Soleima Baha Kamiflagi. Says the Gemara, let's say that to arguing about the following point. Demar Savar, Makshinon Rivim Linigoim. Omar Savar, Lo Makshinon Rivim Linigoim. So we'll say, interesting discussion, interesting idea. Do we compare Rivim? Rivim literally means disputes. But what it really means in this particular context is a judicial adjudication, right? Again, my sebeizdin. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says over here, um, riv, uh, well, linigoim. It's three lines down from the top. Rashi says, linigoim, kol riv the mega. So I'll say the Torah, when discusses the halachos of beizdin, says that what does beizdin adjudicate? Every riv. Riv means a dispute. Nega means tsaraas. Tsaraas. So it says the Gemara, manigoim re'iyasambayom. So it's interesting when the Torah speaks about beizdin. So the Torah says beizdin's role will be to determine rivim disputes and negoim talachos of tsaras. Now we know when it comes to tsaras, manigoim re'iyasambayom. So let's remember again what's talacha by tsaras. The coin has to view the the lesion. He has to view the tsaras. That can only be done by day. Dixiv ubiyom heiraos bo. Af rivim bayom. So say, here's what we know. Before we get into chalitza, here's what I know. The fact that the Torah juxtaposes rivim to negoim teaches me something very important, which is just like negoim can only be determined by day, so to rivim. When Bezdin has a case, Bezdin could also only paskin on the case by day. Now, what does that do with chalitza? It says Rashi, v'chalitza dinhu. 
Here's what's interesting. Chalitza falls under the category of Rivim. In other words, Chalitza is considered to be a Din Torah. Now, why is Chalitza considered to be a Din Torah? Because we'll say every Chalitza has a monetary aspect associated with it as well, which is what? The Ksuva, Rashi says. The Gova Ksuvasa. Because remember again, with the Chalitza, a woman collects her Ksuva. Now, we'll say a little Chazara. When a woman does yibum, where does her, where does her where does her ksuva come from? Where does her ksuva come from? Right? Come from first husband, right? Unless of course what? Unless of course what? He has no money. Right? Remember again, part of the din of chalitza, or part of the din well, I should say it differently. The truth is, the truth is the din of yibum or chalitza, ksuva is paid out from the estate of the first husband. If there's no estate from the first husband, if there's chalitza, what does she get? Nothing, right? If there's Yibum, ultimately, again, she'll go ahead and the second husband is obligated to provide her with the Ksuva. But the idea over here is that what you see from this Gemara is that the estate essentially is settled after Chalitza. So in other words, Ruvain is married to Rachel. Ruvain dies without children. So now what's going to happen? He has a surviving brother, Shimon. So now we're waiting to see, is Shimon going to do Yibum? Is Shimon going to do Chalitza? So interestingly enough, we wait to settle the estate of Ruvain until we know what is going to happen with Shimon. So therefore, again, so therefore, again, the process of Chalitza falls under the umbrella of what we call Rivim, falls under the umbrella of a judicial process. So I will say, see now here's the, here's the issue. So the Gemara says, Mar Savra Makshina Rivim Lenegoim. One says we make the comparison of Rivim to Negoim, just like what? Just like Negoim have to be seen by day, so to what? Judicial processes must take place when? By day. And Chalitza is a, is a judicial process because it has a monetary component. Therefore, it must also be done by day. Umar Savar, Lomak Shin and Rivim Negoim. The other opinion says, no, we don't compare Rivim to Negoim. We don't compare it. We don't compare it. And therefore, Allah Chalamaisa, we don't say just because they're juxtaposed that Rivim have to take place by day. And therefore, because Rivim don't have to take place by day, like Negoim, therefore, again, Chalitza doesn't have to take place by day as well. Okay, says the Gemara Lo. The truth is, everyone agrees that we do not compare Rivim to Negoim. Because let's listen to this. Because if you were to compare Rivim to Negoim, they both say this is very interesting. See, we see if you were to compare Rivim to Negoim, then what would that tell you? That would tell you that Allah the same way that the viewing of Negoim has to take place by day, so every aspect of an adjudication process has to take place by day as well. But we actually don't pass in that way. See, I both say, we paskin that a Beisdin doesn't go into session except by day. But yet, interestingly enough, the way we do paskin is that if Beisdin went ahead and started, not a capital case, but a financial case, right, by day, they could do the Gemaradin, they could pass the verdict at night. At night. So obviously, we don't make that comparison between Rivim and Negoim. The Hachab so I will say, what's the, what's the machlokis over here in the Mishnah? Mar savar chalitza So I will say, so okay, so ba- based on where the Gemara is holding right now, we do not make, we do not learn, we, or we do not compare Rivim to Negoim. In other words, they're two different things. Negoim, when do you have to judge Negoim? When do you have to judge Negoim? By day. 
right, by day, right? Revim, judicial cases, are both say, what's Talacha? You have to begin them by day. But what? But what? They can be finished at night. Okay, so now what's the Machlokis by Chalitza? So watch this. Mar Savar, Chalitza Ketchilas Dindamya, Umar Savar, Chalitza Kegmar Dindamya. So we'll say, this is very interesting. The Shaila is, how do you look at Chalitza? Is Chalitza considered to be the beginning of a Din Torah or the end of a Din Torah? Now we'll say, what's the Nafkamina if it's the beginning or the end? What's the Nafkamina? If it's the beginning, then what? Then what? It can only be done by day. But if it's the end, right? The end, Gemar Din, then what? It could even be done at night. Look at Rashi for just a moment. So it's an interesting way. How do you look at Chalitza? Is Chalitza the beginning of a process? Or is Chalitza the end of a process? And I will say you could see that both ways. Interestingly enough, that will ultimately determine whether or not Chalitza could be done at night. If you hold that chalitza is a gemardin, then the same way, the end of the, the end, end of the judicial process, then the same way that basin could start a din Torah by day and finish it by night, so too chalitza could be done at night as well. But if you look at chalitza as trilas din, the beginning of ju- the judicial process, then what? Then halacha lamaisa, you cannot do it at night. That's the machlokas. So the gemara goes right to the gemara says, Rabba barchia kitusfa. This is very interesting. So, Rabbi Barchia Kitusvat, that's his name. Old Kitusvat Bepashtos is a place. He went ahead and he conducted a chalitza. Rabbi say, how did he do this chalitza? Listen to this. It's actually quite fascinating. He did it Bemok. Mok is a felt shoe, right? Biechidi. He did it himself. Otherwise, apparently, he did not use, he did not use a basin. And lastly, Balayla. He did it at night. He did it at night. So Amr Shmuel, Shmuel heard about this and he said, Kama Rav Guvrei Da'avid Kiyichida. And I will say, Shmuel said, how great must this man be that he conducted himself like an individual opinion. And I will say, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Kama Rav Guvrei Baloshon Ginai Amra. And I will say, you know what the interesting thing about sarcasm is the tone determines everything. Right? So, so you could read this phrase, and Shmuel said, oh, how great is this man that he conducted himself like a singular opinion? Or you could say, oh, how great is this guy that he conducted himself? So Shmuel said the latter. Right? It was said, it was said with a bit of a sarcastic tone, who is this guy? Who is this guy, Rabbi Barchia Kitusva, that he's rejecting the majority opinion, conducting himself like a das yachid? By the way, on multiple levels. First of all, it's the felt shoe, right? It's the not using a basin, and it's also going ahead and doing chalitza at night. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. My kasha, what was Shmuel's problem with Rabbi Barachia's behavior? Right? So Rabbi Barachia, again, so Rabbi Barachia does three things. Felt shoe, no basin, and chalitza at night. So what was Shmuel bothered by? What was Shmuel bothered by? Says the my kasha, imok, if he was bothered by the fact that Rabbi Barchia used a felt shoe, imok, stama tanya. The truth is, Rabbi say we do have a stam b'raisa. We do have a stam b'raisa. Rashi says over here, we just saw this two days ago, b'raisa de la'el, b'kafa kitea, b'mok, 
Bismichas haraglayim. So we'll say, we did see, we did see an opinion in a brace, a stam brace that did say you could use the felt shoe. It was actually talking about by the prosthetic. But Lamaisa, we saw it. So it's not like he's, it's not like he's going rogue over here. There is a stam brace like that. Elila, and ultimately again, if, if Shmuel was upset that he did chalitza at night, stamatanya, we have another brace, so ultimately again, that says, chalitza sekshev, we'll say that's our Mishnah. That's our Mishnah. Our Mishnah did say, it's true, Rabbi Lazar disagrees, but the stam opinion of the Mishnah is that Chalitza works at night. To which the Gemara says, Rather, what Shmuel was most bothered by was not by the felt shoe, was not by the fact that Rabbi Barthia did it at, at night, but rather what? That he didn't use the Beisdin. That he conducted a Chalitza by himself. To which the Gemara says, Hehi Ovid Biyechidi. How could he have conducted a chalitza by himself? The Gemara says, If he did chalitza with either two people who are kshirim or three people, but what happened? But one of the members of the basin, one of the three was found out to be a relative or to be invalid. The chalitza's puzzle. I have Reb Shemin, Reb Yonas, and Asandler, Machshirim. Reb Shemin, Reb Yonas, and Asandler said, no, it's kosher. And one time it happened, we'll actually see this in the next Mishnah. One time it happened that a man and a woman did chalitza privately in a jail. Apparently they were incarcerated and they did chalitza between the two of them. Uba Rabbi Akiva, and this episode came before Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva declared it a valid chalitza. That halacha does not follow this parable. Say halacha doesn't follow Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, who say that you could do a chalitza without a beisdin. So So therefore, again, what Shmuel was most bothered by, he wasn't so bothered by the felt shoe, even though it's not the majority opinion. He wasn't even so bothered by the chalitza done at night, because after all, you do have a mishnah that supports that. What he was bothered by is how is Rabbi Barachia, Barachia, how is he doing a chalitza without a beisdin? Without a beisdin. Because even though you have Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yochanan Hassandler who say you don't need a beisdin, we say, Ein halacha ka'oso zug. The halacha does not follow that parent. The doesn't follow that opinion. Sakur Rabbi Barachia, go ahead and do a chalitza without a beisdin. So the Gemara says, Bibay se the truth is, maybe all of these things only reflect individual opinions. The Sanya, Am Rabbi Yishmael, Rabbi Yossi, Ani Ra'is Yesh Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha, Shechavatz b'mok, Obi Yechidi, Ubalayla. Ultimately, I will say it's possible that really Rabbi Barchia was basing himself on the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha, because Rabbi Yishmael ben Elisha is the Das Yachid who holds that you could use a felt shoe, you could do chalitza without a basin, and you could do it at night. So, say, so remember, again, we pass in halacha lamaisa. So we pass in halacha lamaisa. Number one, you need a leather shoe. You need a leather shoe, right? Number two, halacha lamaisa, chalitza absolutely requires a beisdin. That was the first Mishnah in this parak. Now, remember, again, do you need a beisdin of dayonim mumchim? Do you need expert judges? No. Even hadyotos, as long as those hadyotos are skilled enough to what? Remember, again, what do they have to do? Feed the man and the woman their respective lines, right? Their respective psukim. That's all you need. They will say, how do we pass in here? So here that I'm passing is that halacha you can't do chalitza at night. 
Chalitza has to be done by day. And a Chalitza done at night is going to be possible. In Kabbalah, by the way, when we say the Chalitza is possible, what does that require? What does that require? You do it again. You have to do it again. So that's how you pass it. So both say, so therefore, again, for our purposes in this sugi right now, Chalitza has to be done by day. A Chalitza done at night is psula. To which the Gemara goes weiter, Chalitza bismal Chalitza. So now the next, the Machlokis in the Mishnah was, what happens if halacha lemaisa you do chalitza with the left foot instead of the right foot? Do chalitza with the left foot. So we'll say what's halacha. I'll say here the stam Tanakama says pasul. Rabbi Lazar says it's kosher. Okay, so what's the machlokes? Very interesting. Small chalitza. My time with We'll say by the way, it's nice to see these sugyas in Yevamus, right? I know everyone misses the the complicated family family tree charts. I know. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not totally finished those, but it's nice. It, it's nice like to see like like a regular gemara, regular gemara. So let's say so. Listen to this. So remember. So what, what's the machlokes here? What's the machlokes here? My time with the rabbanon. So why did the rabbanon say that if you do chalitza? With the left foot, that's such a chalitza's psula. Amar ula yalfinon regal regal mimitzora. So we'll say, listen to this, we make a gzera shava of regal regal from mitzora. Regal regal from mitzora. So we'll say, what does this mean? Now, what, what's the pasuk over here by mitzora? So the pasuk is talking about, again, the blood applications for the purification of the mitzora. Remember again, the, the blood application for the purification of the Mitzora goes where? On the, on the big toe, on the, on the big toe on the right foot of the Mitzora. So it says, regal by Mitzora. It says, regal by Chalitza. So the Gemara says, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? Yafina regal by Mitzora. Malahalon diyamin afkan diyamin. Just like the foot by the mitzvah, the blood application is done on the right foot. So to by chalitza, the blood application is done on the right foot. Good, says the Gemara. Rabbi Lazar, lo yadav Rabbi Lazar doesn't accept this drasha. He does. He just doesn't accept the drasha. Remember again, shava, shava is something one has a mitzvah for. So either if you don't have a mitzvah for it. Then the mice again, you don't accept it. So Belazar does not have a misora for this particular, for this particular Xerashaba. He was Iva Tanya, and therefore I will say, again, if you don't have the Xerashaba, then what? Then Khalitza doesn't have to be limited to the right foot. You should use the right foot. But if you don't, the Khalitza is still Kshera. To which the Gemara says, Vatanya Belazar Omer, Minayim Luritsiya Shiba Ozen Hayimanis. So Ibad Rabbelazar says, how do you know that the piercing of the ear, the piercing of the ear, right, by the Eved, ultimately again is on the right ear. Ne'amar Khan Ozen, the Ne'amar Lahalon Ozen. It says over here by the Eved Ozen, right, this is the Eved who does not want to go free at the end of seven years. Jewish servant this is. So what do you do with him? You take his ear, right? You take him by the doorpost and you pierce his ear. Which ear do you use? So the Gemara's Rabbi Lazar says, Rabbi Lazar says, it's based on a gzera shava to tzaras, to, to the Mitzora. Rabbi Lazar says over Neamar, Neamar, sorry, Neamar kan ozen, the Neamar lahalon ozen. It says ozen over here by the Eved, you pierce his ear. And it says by the purification of the Mitzora that you apply blood 
to his ear. Oh, I'm sorry. Now you apply blood. Right, by, yeah, by the Mitzorah, you apply blood to his ear. Malahalon Yamin, just like by the Mitzorah, the blood application is done to his right ear. Afkan Yamin, so to by the Eved, you pierce his right ear. You pierce his right ear. So I will say, so here's what's interesting. We, just, just follow the flow over here, right? We have Machlokis in the Mishnah. Let's, let's put this together. We have Machlokis in the Mishnah. What's the Machlokis in the Mishnah? Can you use, the, if you did Chalitza on the left shoe, on the left foot, does that work? So ultimately, again, the Tanakhama says puzzle. Rabbi Lazar says kosher. So says the Gemara, what's, what's the logic of the Rabbanon? The Rabbanon make Xer Shava regel regel. From Chalitza, ultimately again to Mitzorah. Just like Mitzorah has to be, has to be the right foot, blood application on the right foot, so too Chalitza has to be the blood application on the right foot. Rabbi Lazar doesn't have the Xer Shava. Here's what's interesting. Rabbi Lazar, when it comes to Eved Ivri, says, if your Eved doesn't want to go free at the end of seven years, what do you do? You pierce his ear. Which ear? Which ear? So Rabbi Lazar makes a Gzera Shava from Eved Ivri, ultimately to what? To Mitzorah. Just like by the purification of the Mitzorah, it has to be the right ear. So too, again, by the Eved Ivri, it has to be the right ear. Which means Rabbi Lazar is making Gzera Shavas to Mitzorah. So why does he make a Gzera Shava by Mitzorah? From Mitzorah to Eved Ivri, but yet he doesn't learn out a Gzera Shavra from Mitzorah to Chalitza. To which the Gemara says, you're right. You're right, you're right. You have to switch the opinions. You have to switch the opinions. It's Rabbi Lazar in the Mishnah who holds that Halacha Lamaisa again, that that Chalitza has to be done with the right foot. And the Rabbanon who say that Bidi Eved can even be done with the left. To which the Gemara says, and that makes everything symmetrical. To which the Gemara says, Rav Amrli Olam no Sefach. No, 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 don't, don't switch it around. I'll tell you why. Ozen, Ozen Mufni, Regal, Regal, Lo Mufni. The Bible says, you've seen this before. In order to make a Gzera Shava, what do you need? The Bible says, in order to make a Gzera Shava, remember, what's a Gzera Shava? You find the same word or same phrase in two different places. And what does that allow you to do? It constructs a halachic bridge to connect those two things and enable you to learn out one, right, different halachos and apply them in different cases. To do that, the Gzer Shava has to be what we call mufna. Mufna means it has to be free. Now remember again, so we've seen over our journeys of Shaswat, there's different levels of mufna, right? Remember again, there's mufna mitzad echad, mufna mishnet stadin. You can be open on one side, open on both sides, and depending on the level of openness, Will depend on will depend on the strength of the gzera shava. To which the gemara Rava says, Rava says there's a big difference. The, the ozen ozen mufni. I will say that ozen ozen that's open. That's not used for any other drasha. Therefore halacha lamaisa again you can learn out ozen ozen from evadivri to mitzora. Regal regal lo mufni. But regal regal is not open. We'll say it's not open. Lo mufni. Rashi says over here, lo, lo, lo mufni. It's not open on both sides. It's only open on one side. Why? The Gemara says, Remember again, the regal by Chalitza, the Rav posits, is used for other drashas. So it's not open. While it's true that the regal by Mitzorah is open, the regal by Chalitza is not. It's not. 
And therefore, again, Vakasar Belazar Mufnumitsar Echad Lamedim Im in Chuva Vimeshlashamashivan. And the Bosar Belazar says, if you have a Xir Shava that's open on one side, like you have. So Bosa, here's what's happening over here. So remember you have regal regal. It says regal by Khalitza. It says regal by Mitsora. So we'd love to make a Xir Shava. What's the Xir Shava we'd like to make? What's the Xir Shava? Just like the blood application by the Mitsora is made where? Made where? On the big toe of what? The right foot. So too, chalitza must be done on the right foot. Here's the problem. Regal by chalitza is not open. It's not open. We use regal by chalitza for a whole host of drushas, so it's not open. And here's the problem. Because it's not open, that doesn't mean the gzera shava can't work. But if you have a way to refute the gzera shava, and the gzera shava is only open on one side, that shuts it down. And I both say, this is a refutable Gezer Shava. How is it refutable? V'chila mufni my pirka, my pirka, I'll tell you, ikala mifrach, ma lemitzor shekein ta'on, eitz erez ezov ushnitolas. And I both say, there's an easy pircha on this one. What's the easy pircha? The process of mitzora, purification of mitzora, requires so many additional ingredients. What do you need? You need eitz erez, you need a piece of cedar wood, ezov, hyssop, Shnitolas, red wool, right? And also a little thing called paraduma. Well, actually, I'm sorry, this is not my word, this is by Mitzora, excuse me, by, by Mitzora. So because, because Mitzora requires so many other pieces for purification, the cases are not really comparable. So therefore, I will say, it turns out that we have two major machloksim in the Mishnah, right? Machlokis, number one, can you do chalitza at night? Tanakama is saying yes, Rabbi Lazar is saying no. We already said, how do we paskin? Like Rabbi Lazar, chalitza cannot be done at night. Second machlokas, can you do chalitza with the left shoe over the left foot or not? Tanakama says it's puzzle. Rebbe Lazar says it's kosher. Rebbe said that we, we, the way we possibly in this case is like Tanakama, namely you cannot do chalitza with the left foot. And if you do so, if you do so, halacha is ultimately again it is puzzle. Have to do it again. Rebbe said I'll point out. For this halacha also, it makes no difference if you're left-handed or right-handed, right? In other words, this is an objective halacha over here that is done with the right foot. Incredible. So Moses says the Mishnah, interesting case. Chalsa v'rakaka avalo kara. So we'll say, we're going to see there are three parts of the chalitza process. And again, we're going we're gonna to put this all together. We'll look in the Rambam and we'll see how the Rambam actually spells out the chalitza process here. So I will say, what, what do you have? What are the three components? Three components in the chalitza process are the removal of the shoe, spitting, and the recitation of psukim. So here's what the Mishnah says. Chalitza berachaka. So we'll say we're going to deal with the Mishnah now where, where you did two out of the three parts of the process. So chalitza berachaka, she removed the shoe, she spit, avalokara, but she did not go ahead and recite the psukim, the requisite psukim. What's talacha? Chalitza sekshera. The chalitza is good. Similarly, kara virakaka. What happens if she said the psukim? She spit. Avalo chalitza. But she didn't remove the shoe. Chalitza sepsula. Then the chalitza is possible. What about chalitza vikara avalo rakaka? What happens if she removed the shoe? Did the psukim, but didn't spit? So Rabbi Lazar Omer, chalitza sepsula. Rabbi Lazar says the chalitza is not good. Rabbi Akiva Omer, chalitza sekshera. The chalitza is good. So we'll say, see, here's what we see. Here's what we see. What's the part that everyone agrees is an, in the, is, in, is, is an absolute necessity for the chalitza process? Removal of the shoe. 
right? The other two things, right? And it appears really, again, everyone would also agree that the one dispensable part is psukim. The machlokes is about spitting. Spitting. So again, the case over here is karait chalsa vikara avalo rakaka. So what happens if she, she removed the shoe, did the psukim, but didn't spit? So again, here, machlokes rabbi elazar and rabbi akiva. Rabbi Akiva says failure to spit renders the chalitza invalid. Rabbi Akiva says it's kosher. It's kosher. So it says the Gemara Amud Beis Amar Lei Rabbi Lazar. So Rabbi Lazar says to Rabbi Akiva, Kacha Yeaseh. So Rabbi Lazar, the Gemara is quoting the pasuk. Ultimately, again by chalitza, and the pasuk reads, Kacha Yeaseh Leish Hasher Lo Yivna Es Beis Achiv. This is what will be done to the man who will not go ahead and build up his brother's home. Bechalitza. So Rabbi Lazar says, Kol davar ma'aki. Rabbi Lazar is of the opinion that what? Yehoseh teaches me anything which is active, anything which is a ma'isa, if you don't do it, ultimately renders the chalitza invalid. And therefore what, Rabbi Lazar? What's included in this? What's included in this? Chalitza and spitting. Spitting. Therefore, Belazar says, if you don't spit, if you don't spit, which is a maisa, the chalitza is not good. Amr Rabbi Akiva, Misham Raya, Rabbi Akiva says, come on, that's the best you got? Read, read one more word. It doesn't say kacha yeasa. What does it say? Kacha yeasa leish. Any action that involves the man. Called dover shumaisa beish. The only type of maisa that's ma'akev is what type of maisa? The type of maisa that involves the man. Now, I both say, what's the mice that involves the man? The removal of the shoe. Does the spitting involve the man? No. Both say, she doesn't spit on him. Right? She's right, it's not, it's not spitting. So the spitting is her mice. So Rabbi Akiva says, if you're going to bring her, so therefore I both say, Rabbi Akiva says, I agree with you. Any mice that involves the man is ma'akev. That's why the removal of the shoe is ma'akev. But spitting, which doesn't involve the man, only involves her, will not be ma'akev. So we'll say, so, okay, so we'll say, so here's what we have. So case number one, where you spit, I should say, remove the shoe, spit, but didn't read the psukim. Everyone agrees, Khalid says, good. Kara v'rakaloch, case number two, you read the psukim, you spit, but you didn't remove the shoe. What's that loch? Everyone agrees, not good. Machlokes case, right? You went ahead and you removed the shoe, you did the psukim, but you didn't spit. Rabbi Elazar says, no good, puzzle. Rabbi Akiva says, it is good. Machlok is based on interpretation of the psukim. Good. Next case. We'll say, very interesting case. Hachirish shenechlatz. We'll say, let's say you have a man who is a chirish, deaf and mute, and he does chalitza. So chirish shenechlatz, he went out and did chalitza, or hachareshes shechalza, or a woman who is a chareshes, does chalitza, or, 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 or a woman did chalitza with a katan. Chalitza sapsula. In all of these cases, ultimately, again, the chalitza is invalid. Right? The chalitza is invalid. Again, we'll see all these cases. Kitana shechalza. What happens if I say if the woman is a kitana and she did chalitza? Tachlos mishetagdil. So say chalitza with a kitana is not going to be halachically valid. And therefore, you have to do chalitza with her again when she becomes an adult. Now, this is actually interesting. We'll talk about this case as well. But if you did not do another chalitza with her, 
when she became an adult, and all you have is the chalitza when she was a child, then what? Psula. Ultimately, it doesn't work. Chalitza bishnaim o bishlosha. So we'll say we just quoted this case before. We're talking about the basin for chalitza. Let's say you went and you did chalitza with two people, not a basin, or you did it with three. But what you do? What did you discover? That one of the members of your basin was what? Was what? Either a karov, a relative, or a apostle. So it turns out you don't have a basin. What's talacha? Chalitza sapsula. The chalitza is no good. Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Yochanan Sandler Machshirin. Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Yochanan Sandler say ultimately again the chalitza is good. All right, we'll see exactly what their logic is. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, and there was once a story of a man who did chalitza with his sister-in-law in jail, and it was just the two of them. Rabbi Akiva, and the episode came before Rabbi Akiva Vehechshir. Rabbi Akiva Paskin, the Chalitza was good. Right? So we'll say, obviously, that, that case is going to need a, a lot of explaining in terms of what exactly occurred over there that Rabbi Akiva said this would be a good Chalitza. Good. Rabbi say, let's analyze. Let's analyze. Here we go. Amar Rava. Rava says as follows. Hashta da'amrit kriya loma akva. So say, one major takeaway from the Mishnah is what? That the reading of the Psukim is not ma'akev. Right? That we know. How do we know that? That's the first case in the Mishnah. If you did Chalitza, and you spit, but you didn't read the psukim, what's ta'alacha? What's ta'alacha? Everyone agrees the chalitza is kosher. So I will say, this yields for us a very important conclusion, namely, kriya is not ma'akev. The reading of the psukim is important, is important, but it is not an indispensable necessity for the effectiveness of the chalitza. So hasha amret kriya lo ma'akva, lefichach, ilem ve'ilema shechaltzu, Based on this, based on this, if someone is mute, if someone is mute and cannot speak, as long as they what? As long as they remove the shoe, the woman removes the shoe and spits, what's the What should be the alocha? Should be kosher. Should be kosher. I, what about the Mishnah? Tanan, cheresh, shenechlats, vachareshes, shechalza, vacholetzes, minakata, chalitza, sapsula. But I will say, what did the Mishnah say? If a cheresh or a chareshes, do chalitza. What did we say in the Mishnah? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I both say, what, is, what does that tell you? That tells you that apparently inability to say the psukim is what? Is ma'akev. So the Gemara says, my time, lav mishum lav say, what's the reason why the chalitza doesn't work? Isn't it because they're unable to read? So I both say, it's fascinating that the Gemara, the hamin of the Gemara, is that the reason why chalitza by a cheresh and a chareshes doesn't work is because they can't say the psukim. To which the Gemara says, no, that's not the reason. To which the Gemara says, lo, lo, mishum delav b'nei deyaninhu. Then I both say, it has nothing to do with speech. What does it have to do with? Das. Right? Chalitza requires das. A cherish and a chareshas don't have the requisite das. That's why halacha lamais, again, the chalitza is not going to be good. Ihachi ilem ve'ilemes nami. So I say, this is fascinating. So if that's the case, that it's das, then a mute should also be unable to do chalitza. I say, this is fascinating. From the perspective of the Gemara, the Gemara, the Havamina is, maybe inability to speak represents a lack of das. To which the Gemara says, no. Amarava ilem ve'ilemes A person who, are, who is mute is, 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 has das, has das. The Gemara says, It's an expression. 
It's just that their mouth hurts them. We'll say, meaning, meaning what? This is fascinating, we'll say. That, just want to point out that the Havamin of the Gemara is inability to speak represents a lack of Das. Represents a lack of Das. Right? Kamashkan the Gemara says, no, inability to speak represents a, a particular, uh, a, a limited handicap, we'll call it. Right? Their mouth hurts them. It's a, it's a physical condition, but it doesn't represent a lack of Das. Now contrast that with what? Contrast that with what? Inability to speak and inability to hear, which Chazal take as an absolute lack of Das, which Rabbi say we know up until, up until recent times, right? Again, a person who couldn't speak and couldn't hear w- did lack Das. Baruch Hashem say, you know, we live in such different times already. Again, what the, the advancements in terms of a person who is a deaf mute to become a full Bardas is absolutely incredible. So I will say, but the, the Havamina is fascinating. So I will say, there's, there's something incredible. So Chazal say, from, from the perspective of Chazal, the inability to speak, the Havamina is the ability to speak represents a lack of das. I will say, I, I would also add on to that, that sometimes the inability to speak or the ability to withhold one's speech often represents the highest form of das. <laughs> so I will say sometimes, sometimes in our world, a lack of das manifests itself in speaking unnecessarily, right? In speaking in ways that are unbefitting and saying things that aren't really sensical and saying things that are deconstructive, harsh and unnecessary. And sometimes the greatest form of das is the ability to withhold one's speech. The greatest form of das is the ability for one not to speak. But I will say, but it is incredible how Chazal understood that the greatest manifestation of one's das is in their dibor is in their speech. And I both say again, and it, it, it sensitizes us to how we use our Dibor. That, that Dibor is used, Dibor should be used for the expression of Das. Dibor should be used in constructive ways that show my deeper side, my meaning. So I both say, you use words. You use words ultimately to build up. You use words to compliment. You use words to bolster relationships. Because I will say that's using your speech in a way. See, I will say, imagine if after speaking to someone, the takeaway of their conversation with you is, wow, that person has das. <laughs> that person has das. Right? That's the goal. That's how, that's how you properly use your deeper as a conveyance, as a portrayal of the das you really, you really possess. Incredible. So the Gemara says, so we'll say, therefore, again, what we're at over here, what we're at over here, we'll say, is as follows. That Allah, I said, therefore, the Chayresh, the Chayresh, who lacks Das, obviously, again, can't do Chalitza. The Elaine, who's just the mute, who's just the mute, ultimately possesses Das, quote-unquote, his mouth hurts him. His mouth hurts him, but we assume that the Das is there. So it says, the Gemara, Vaha, Amidvi, Rabbi Yanai, Lefish, Eino, Ba'amar, Va'amra. Rabbi Yanai says, that ultimately, again, the Cheresh and the Chareshas, ultimately, again, they can't do Yivam and Chalitz, or they can't do Chalitz. So why? Because they are not subject, or they're not in the parish of Amar and Amra. So I will say, the Gemara is quoting the Pasuk, V'dibro elav va'amar va'amar lo chafatzti l'kachta. I will say, the Psukim by Chalitz indicate that there's a speaking part. That there's a speaking part. And Rabbi Yana said, of Rabbi Yana said, that ultimately, the Ilem and the Ilemes can't go ahead and do chalitza. Why? Because they can't fulfill the amira. 
Asefa. Rather, I will say, ultimately, again, when Rava says that Kriya is not Ma'akev, he was referring to the latter part of the Mishnah. What's the latter part of the Mishnah? So we'll say, that's the man. Or Chareshes, or the woman is a Chareshes, that she did Chalitza. Vachaletes minakatan, Chalitza sa psula. Amir Rava, Rava says, Hashta da amrit kriya ma'akva. And we'll say, now Rava says, what do you see from here? The fact that a Chiresh and a Chareshes can't do Chalitza. So we'll say, it's interesting. Rava says, what's the takeaway? Takeaway is that kriya is an indispensable part of the Chalitza process. You have to have kriya. You have to have kriya. Therefore, lefichach, ileim ve'ilemes shecholtzu, Therefore, we'll say, what do you see from here? That an Elam or an Elamas who did Chalitza, their Chalitza is possible. And our Mishnah reflects the view of Rabbi Zerah. Rabbi Zerah, Kalaroi Lebila, Ain Bila Makazer. Now, I'll say, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Right? So I'll say, now, this is an alternate version of Rava. So now, in this version of Rava, I'll say, Rava is looking at the Seifa. Rava is looking at the Seifa. And the Seifa of the Mishnah says, that a chirish or a chalesa or a chareshes who do chalitza, what's the status of their chalitza? What's the status? Puzzle. Puzzle doesn't work. Rabbi says, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That kriya, the recitation of the psukim, is what? Is nes, is ma'akiv. Is an indispensable part of the chalitza process. Okay, here, what's the problem with this? Go back to the beginning of the Mishnah. So what was the first case? What was the first part of the Mishnah? What's the first part of the Mishnah? If you do chalitza, and you do the spitting, but you forget to do, or you just don't do the Kriya. What's Talacha? The Chalitza is good. So what's going on over here? So if, if, if the Kriya is an indispensable part of Chalitza, then how do we say that the first case of the Mishnah is a good case? I will say it's very simple. So this is a famous expression that we see used throughout Shas. We'll say literally bila means mixing. We'll say dalach is when you make a carbon mincha, make carbon mincha, you're supposed to mix it all together, right? You've got the flour, the frankincense, the oil, you're supposed to mix it all together. So we'll say, what happens if you didn't mix it? What happens if you didn't mix it? Because Rabbi Zeres of the opinion is, as long as the mincha is mixable, even if you didn't mix it, it's okay. But if the mincha is not mixable, then Allah Lamaisa, failure to mix it is ma'akev, which also becomes an expression to mean as follows. As long as within the process, all of the different pieces are capable of being performed, even if one of them, in this case the kriya, is not performed, the chalitza is still good. Masha'in kain, if let's say the kriya can't be performed, then what? Then what? Then it's ma'aki. So we'll say it's an, inter- it's an interesting approach. Rabbi Zira's approach is, as long as technically speaking, all of the pieces of the process can be performed, then the failure to mix the mincha is not ma'aki. Similarly, again, as long as you're capable of doing kriya, failure to do kriya, bidi aved, does not ruin the chalitza. But I will say, by the way, in a mincha case, what's the case of a mincha where you can't mix the mincha? What's the case? The case is where, let's say, you overflowed the bowl. There's too much flour, too much oil. So if you were to mix it, what would happen? Everything would spill over. In that case, failure to mix will be ma'akev. So to Rabbi Zero would say that Allah normally kriya is not ma'akev. Kriya is not ma'akev as long as what? As long as what? 
as long as it can be done. Technically, it could be done. But Allah say again, if it can't be done, then it will be ma'akev. So I will say, so this is this alternate version of Rava. Therefore, Rava will say, therefore, Allah in the case of an elaine, so in a regular person, so the first case of the Mishnah is talking about, quote-unquote, typical people. So typical people who could speak, if the woman took off the shoe, they did, she did the spitting, but what? They never did the reading of the psukim. Bediyeved, the chalitza is... Kasher, but Allah Chalamais again in the case of an Elam and an Elemis, where they are unable to read the Psukim, in that case, failure to read the Psukim will be Ma'akev. So it's a Machlokes, ultimately again in Rava, ultimately again, do we say that Kriya is Ma'akev or not? So they said before the Father of Shmuel the following. If he have a spit, so I'll say. So now this is we're we're switching gears here for just a moment. We're not we're not finished with this previous sugar. I'll say. So the shaila, the fundamental shaila, ultimately again, we have two questions, right? Question number one is: It appears from the Mishnah that kriya is not ma'akev. Kriya is not ma'akev. The machlokis is how to understand that halacha. Is that kriya is not ma'akev only when it's possible to do kriya? If it's possible to do it, but you didn't do it, it's not ma'akev, and therefore again. An Elam and an Elemes would not be able to do Chalitza, or that no, in general, Kriya is not Ma'akiv at all. And therefore, what? Even an Elam and an Elemes are able to do Chalitza. So I will say that piece is still hanging out there. That piece is still hanging out there. One thing we know for sure is what? What's the status of a Chalitza by a Chiresh and a Chareshes? Not good. Why not? No Das. No Das. So that's not even a Din in Kriya. Right, that's a din in das. That's a din in das. Because I both say, but once you have das, then what? No part of this is good. The chalitza is not good. The rikika is not good. Because when there's not the das, then there's no validity to any part of this process. Good. We'll say just another piece here. So let's listen to this. Interesting case. Look at Rashi. It's actually right across. We'll say, let's say a white, what Rachel, the widow, shows up in Bezdin with Shimon, her brother-in-law, and she spits. She just spits. So we'll say, she just spits. That's it. They, right, they walk into Basin together. That's it, right? That was, that was just for the effect, right? So I'll say, so, so, right? so what happens? Like, in other words, there's, there, there's, there's no like, it's not like, welcome, today we're gathered, right? There, there, there's none of that. It's like a cup of coffee. None of that, right? So I'll say, she walks into Basin and she spits. She walks into Basin and she spits. No shoe, nothing. Nothing. She just, literally, she just spits. She just spits. Seva Mishra so we'll say, so now again, we'll say, so now here's what's fascinating. So the Gemara says, what, what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Right? So the Gemara says, Tachlots. Now I will say, essentially, the fact that she walked into Basin and she spit, what's the, what's the effect of that, Rabosai? The effect of it is, she's, they've closed the door on Yibum. So now I will say, again, obviously that spitting by itself is not going to affect Chalitza, but again, what that has done is, Rashi says, Because the act of walking into Beisdin shuts the door. And I will say, this, this is like what we saw, what we saw yesterday. Yesterday, I will say, remember again, or two days ago, which is what? I will say, let's, two days, we saw it on Arab Shabbos. I will say, right? What happens if we see, let's say, Rachel, the widow, is in the same house as her brother-in-law's, right? And I will say again, they're getting ready for the Levaya. And what happens? Rachel goes ahead and takes off Shimon's shoe. And we see it. I will say, what did the Gemara say? 
no, no more yibum, no more yibum. What you begin to see, I will say, is a pattern. When she performs a chalitza activity, even though it's not a chalitza activity in the context of chalitza, that, that chalitza activity, it doesn't count as chalitza, but what, but what does it do? What does it do? It shuts the door on yibum and now necessitates chalitza. So if they walk into basement together and she spits, and she spits, the Gemara says now that, that, that closes the door on yibum and ultimately again requires a chalitza. Michlad the ifsleilim achin. So most of this seem to indicate that she is now possible from all the brothers, from all the brothers. To which the Gemara says, money, whose opinion is this? Ilim Rabbi Akiva. If you want to say it's Rabbi Akiva, hashta uma b'makom mitzvah de'ikalamim ha'midi de'havei ha'murim de'chi lesnu lo ma'akvi de'chi isnu ma'akvi am Rabbi Akiva lo ma'akva me'achin ifsla. So we'll say now, listen to this. Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion, if you remember, we'll say in the Mishnah, that halacha la'maysa, if she did not spit at all, Right, Rabbi Kiva. Remember again, I will say this was the second, third case in the Mishnah. Right, the case of the case of Chalsa the Kara. She took off the shoe, read the Psukim, but what? Didn't spit. Didn't spit. Rabbi Akiva says it's kosher. The Chalitza is totally good. And I will say, now watch this. The Gemara says like this. According to Rabbi Akiva, according to Rabbi Akiva, I will say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says over here, Eimurim dechi isnu ma'akvi. Actually, let's read the Gemara again. Even Rabbi Akiva. So we'll say, if according to Rabbi Akiva, when dealing with Makom Mitzvah, Bishas Chalitza, so we'll say, at the actual time of Chalitza, where what? Spitting is part of the Mitzvah. Spitting is part of the Mitzvah, right? That I would say, that Allah will say, it should be like sacrificial parts, that when they're not, there are Ma'akev, and when they are, they're right, or when they're not, there are not ma'akiv. When they are, there are ma'akiv. I will say very quickly, I'll say, look at Rashi. If you have sacrificial parts that are supposed to be burnt on the Mizbeach, if they're there, if they're there, if they're present, failure to offer them up on the Mizbeach precludes you from eating the meat. But if they're not there, then failure to offer them up, what? Doesn't preclude you from going and offering the meat. Therefore, v'chi isnu ma'akvi amrabi akiva lo ma'akva. So we'll say, essentially, it's a long, it's a long-winded way of saying, if Rabbi Akiva holds that even when you can spit, not spitting does not undermine the chalitza, which means according to Rabbi Akiva, what? According to Rabbi Akiva, what? Spitting is not an indispensable part of the chalitza process. Then Rabbi say, how could it be that when the when the widow walks into Beisdin and out of the context of chalitza spits at her brother-in-law? Why would that be meaningful and effective? Rabbi, so you hear the argument? Of according to Rabbi Akiva, in the process of chalitza itself, spitting is not a necessity. Then Kava Homer, when she walks into basin and just spits, that's not going to have an effect. Ve'ela, the Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi, you have to say it's Rabbi Lazar. So Rabbi said, according to Rabbi Lazar, devarim hamatiram ninu. And I will say, remember, according to Rabbi Lazar, normally, there are two parts, there are, there are two parts of the Chalitza process which are indispensable, right? What are the two parts of the Remember again, according to Rabbi Lazar, what must you have for Chalitza? Removal of the shoe and spitting. Remember, Chalitza has three parts. Psukim, spitting, shoe. Everyone will agree that reading, right, Psukim is not a necessity. Rabbi Lazar holds that spitting is one of the necessities. And Abbas Rabbi Lazar will say that when it comes ultimately again to 
to the spitting and the shuv, they're both indispensable necessities. But I both say, if that's the case, really they both only work together. They both only work together. And if they both only work together, then halacha lemaisa, why should it be problematic to go ahead and have her spit without the removal of the shoe? Elokhi Rebbe. Rather, Rabbi said this must, Rabbi said, you understand what's happening over here? We're talking about a very specific case where she is showing up in Beisdin. She is showing up in Beisdin. And halacha lemaisa, before anything gets started, what is she doing? What is she doing? She's spitting. And we're saying, ah, she spit. She spit, closes the door on Yibam, which we'll say essentially means it doesn't affect Chalitza, but it affects a quasi-Chalitza. Who is the opinion who says that just spitting affects quasi-Chalitza? It came from Rabbi Akiva. Let's go to it. It came from Rabbi Akiva. Why can't he Rabbi Akiva? Because Rabbi Akiva himself said that even during Chalitza itself, halacha lamaisa, spitting is not a necessity. It can't even be Rabbi Lazar. Because according to Rabbi Lazar, spitting is only effective when? When? When it also has chalitza, removal of the shoe. So who is it? Maybe it's Rebbe. Maybe it's Rebbe. To which the Gemara says, because what did Rebbe say? Elokhi Rebbe. The sign of Kivsiat Saras, in Mekachines Halachem, Ela Bishchita. Rebbe say, again, this is talking about the Shtei Halachem. The Shtei Halachem, ultimately, again, that's brought during Shavuos. So the Kivsiat Saras, when you offer up the sacrificial offerings of Shavuos, Right, they're only mekadesh delechem ela b'shchita. Right, with shchita of the kabbanos keitzad. Rabbi says, here we go. Finish this up. Keitzad shacht on the shema v'zark on dam and lishma. If you shacht the carbon lishma, if you shacht the carbon lishma, and you sprinkle the blood lishma, then kidesh halechem. Then the loaves are consecrated. Shachat shelo lishma v'zark on lishma. If you shacht the carbon shelo lishma and you sprinkle the blood lishma, lo kidesh halechem. Ultimately, you don't sanctify the loaves. Shacht on lishman. But if you shechted the kabanos lishman, but you sprinkled the blunt shelo lishman, kadosh ve'eno kadosh divei rebi. I will say, so ultimately, again, what happens? The loaves are kadosh, but not fully kadosh. They're sanctified, but you can't consume them. I will say, what's the point over here? The point over here is according to Rebbe, well, I'm sorry, let me just finish up. Rabbi Zerub Shimon, Omer, the Olav, Eno Kadosh, Achishchot Lishman, the Yisrok Daman Shalol Lishman. But Rabbi Zerub Shimon says, no, no, no. Halach Alamai said the loaves are not Kadosh until you have both Shechita Lishma and Zrika Lishma. Rabbi Zerub say, what's the point over here? The point over here is according to Rebbe, you could affect quasi status. That was the point of the entire discussion. You could affect quasi status that according to Rebbe, if you shecht the Kivsiat Saras Lishman, but you sprinkled the dam shalolishman. What have you done? You've affected quasi kedusha of the loaves. So according to Rebbe, there's the possibility of affecting quasi status. Therefore, it would be Rebbe who would say that what? That Allah when a woman shows up in Beisdin and spits, what's the effect of just spitting? What's the effect of just spitting? You've affected a quasi chalitza. And what does quasi chalitza do? What does quasi chalitza do? Not really anything except that it shuts down the possibility of Yibum and triggers a necessity now for a full-blown proper Chalitza. So I will say, therefore, it turns out that the case of the woman who shows up and bathes and just spits, the halacha is, we're saying now the halacha is, no more shuts a door in Yibum, requires a Chalitza. It's not Rabbi Akiva because he holds spitting is not necessary. It's not Rabbi Lazar because Rabbi Lazar holds spitting is only meaningful when accompanied by what? Removal of the shoe. So who is it? It's Rabbi. Rebbe, you holds that you could affect quasi-status. Can you say, we'll stop over here for today. We'll deal with the Sigurd Mertz tomorrow. Shkoyach. All right, have on Zoom. Everyone have a great day.